You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. I'm your host, Rachel Heinemann, licensed mental health counselor. Each week, we explore the deeper meaning of our relationship with food and our body. I interview experts in the field of eating disorders and psychoanalysis to bring you the answers about why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. All right, let's get started. Hello, guys. This is episode 71. And if you are listening in real time, we dropped on December 13th, 2022. Although there are still a couple of weeks left to the year, this is going to be the last episode of 2022. And that is because I am going to be starting maternity leave right after this. The plan is to take a couple months off, and then I will update you exactly what week we're going to return. I am assuming it's going to be the first week in March, but I will be sharing exact details as I know them more with my mailing list. So be sure to sign up for the mailing list, either through the show notes or through my website, and you'll get updates about when we're coming back and what's going on and some thoughts that I might have while I'm away, if I just can't keep them in my head and I just got to put them in words and share them with you, that's going to be the first and primary place where I'm going to share updates. So if you're up to date with all 71 episodes, cool. That's awesome. If not, then take this opportunity to go back and see which ones speak to you. Maybe episode two is going to be your favorite. And it's just not something that you scrolled through because you found me at episode 53. So just look through some of them actually in the beginning, I was looking through are really, really awesome. So take this opportunity to go back to some of that content and listen in. Feel free to share how the show has uh, evolved slash progressed with me. Always, always looking for hit replies on the newsletter. I would love your feedback. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for being here. Thank you for 2022. This was an incredible ride for understanding disordered eating. You guys have been awesome with your questions, with your engagement, with your feedback. And I had so much fun putting this together. I can't wait to see what's going to be with 2023. So hang in for the ride and I will see you on the other side. But before that, Let's do one last episode together. Today, we're talking about hungerfulness. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because there are so many misconceptions about hungerfulness and tapping into your hungerfulness, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. It almost has become this sort of mystery. So wanting to break down what that actually means, how you can do it, and demystifying this whole hungerfulness idea, I think is going to be really, really helpful on your journey toward healing your relationship with food. One thing that I want to emphasize before we jump into anything hungerfulness related is what intuitive eating actually means and how to get there. So two of the hallmarks of intuitive eating that most people say is intuitive eating is breaking your food rules. So being able to have whatever you want, whenever you want, and tapping into your hungerfulness cues. Those are very, very important parts of intuitive eating and also happens to be only a couple of the principles of intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is comprised of 10 principles. And even if we're not going to go into the principles 
in specific, it's more of a framework of how you can take care of your mind, body, soul, whatever you want to call it. So the idea of boiling intuitive eating down to just breaking your food rules and tapping into your hunger fullness cues is really just not necessarily missing the point, but but really having a reductionist understanding of intuitive eating. What that also does is makes you jump into intuitive eating too fast because that is a thing. And then what happens is you're having whatever it is that your fear food was and you're like, oh, food freedom. Let me go get that milkshake with the burger, with the snack, with the whatever. And then you find yourself binging and feeling completely out of control and then really frustrated that intuitive eating doesn't work because you tried to do it and it didn't work. So, I mean, this happens way too often. And then we start again, oh, there's something wrong with me. Let me try it intuitive eating. Okay. I'm craving pizza, but I want two slices of pizza. And then because that's something that you aren't used to, and there's so many other reasons why you end up binging And then you go for the ice cream and then you go for the next thing and the next thing. And before we know it, it's like, well, screw this intuitive eating. It doesn't work. Now, what we have to slow things down and realize is that there's a precursor to jumping into breaking your food rules. And there's a precursor to this entire conversation of understanding your hunger fullness cues. And that is a focus on refueling your body consistently after a history of dieting or restriction, whatever you want to call it. So whether you have an eating disorder or just a history of yo-yo dieting and disordered eating, there needs to be a period of almost reconditioning your body to begin to trust that it'll get food consistently, it'll get a variety of foods, and it'll get enough. So this does not entail listening to your hunger, and it does not entail listening or focusing on your fullness or breaking food rules, maybe that's a little bit part of it. And we're sort of trying to get your toes wet and and begin to think about some of these things. But that's not the focus of this step, nor is it going to happen whatsoever if you jump into it that way. So if you think about it, your body is completely out of whack from the history of dieting. It doesn't know what it's going to get, when it's going to get, how it's going to get it. And it definitely doesn't trust that it's not going to come along with stress. It's just not going to listen. You're not going to listen to your body. It's just out of whack. So if you think about it, one day you wake up and say, huh, let me listen to my hunger fullness cues. Well, your hunger fullness cues have already skipped town in a way that's, you know, maybe they're there a little bit, but they're not there accurately because why would your body continue to send you messages about what it's craving or when it's hungry and when it's full if you're just going to ignore it? So we need to focus on reconditioning your body. We need to focus on consistent eating, getting the nutrients that you need, and have your body start the process of reintroducing hungerfulness. If you try to focus on hungerfulness before you've done this, it will not work. A hundred percent of the time, I am sure of this. Whether you've tried it or not, it will never work. This is, you know, obvious place plug here for working with a dietitian. So just a second about that. I'm not trying to say that you don't know anything about nutrition. You probably know a lot more than the average person about nutrition, given your history of dieting. 
But clearly something isn't working. And clearly there is need for somebody outside of you who can A, use the knowledge that they've learned in school, not on Google, and B, help you implement tools and skills and ideas that are just hard to do. So having a dietitian on board can help you understand the connection between food and your body. So for example, if you think that you're supposed to have X amount for a meal, maybe your dietitian can tell you, well, actually based on what's going on and how your body is reacting and what I know about nutrition science, I don't actually think that that's an appropriate amount for you. We have to tweak that. Maybe you're waiting too long in between meals. Maybe you're skipping an entire food group or something like that. So here's your plug. Work with a dietitian who specializes in intuitive eating or eating disorders or both. And that's going to be really, really important for this first step. And then again, without this first step of a focus on refueling your body consistently for a significant period of time after you've dieted, if you don't do this, then you will never be able to get to the hungerfulness part. You will never be able to get to intuitive eating. You'll be frustrated. You will binge. I mean, it's going to happen. Trust me. And let's not even start. If you haven't weight restored, we're not even having this conversation. So all of this to say is that if this piece of the conversation has not happened yet, don't even bother with the hunger fullness part. And I don't mean that in like, don't even bother. I mean that you can listen to it and you can try to implement some of these ideas, especially if they're interesting to you. But the idea of going in and focusing on your hunger fullness in order to heal your relationship with food, I guarantee you will fail. And I don't want that to happen because if you're going on this journey, we want to be able to set you up that you do this in in the steps that make sense so that you can get to where you want to go. So take all this with a grain of salt. Make sure you know where you're up to. Make sure you're working with a dietitian. Now let's talk about hungerfulness. Okay. So especially if you've read the book, you know about the hungerfulness scale. I I love this. I'm a visual person. So this is something that's been really, really helpful for me. The hungerfulness scale is generally a scale from one to 10 or zero to 10, but there's 10 numbers on it. And it goes from being absolutely famished, one side of the scale, super, super hungry to the opposite side, the 10, which is, or I guess you can do it anyway. So full, you feel like you're going to bust, you're going to get sick, sort of uncomfortably full. Now, in between, that's where we have to break down the numbers in order to get into the nuances of hungerfulness. What's a one? What's a seven? What's a four? Because very often, people are only in touch with like the ones and the tens, let's be honest. When you're really, really hungry, when you probably should have eaten two hours ago, or when you're really, really full and probably should have stopped however many bites ago. This is also part of going back to the previous part of the conversation, why it's so important to establish food consistency and food rehabilitate or body rehabilitation, whatever you want to call it. It's all about the nuance. And what's going to be really, really important is to be able to tell the difference between a really low number and just a medium number. I'm not talking about like telling telling the difference between absolutely famished and Thanksgiving stuffed. That most people are able to do off the bat. 
I want to emphasize that this is going to be different for everyone. So even if right now, while you're listening, you go Google hunger fullness scale, there are going to be tons of things that pop up. Everyone is going to have their own version of what it looks like, what each number symbolizes. And I want to encourage you to create your own because no matter what anybody else says, this is your body and you are getting in touch with your own body. You create the rules. I'm going to give you a little bit of an example of hungerfulness. This is, again, mostly based on my understanding or how I use a hungerfulness scale. And I, again, want to encourage you, this is just for me and as, as an example for you and you create your own. So for me, staying within somewhere between three and seven is going to be the comfortable window of like, quote, comfortable hunger and quote, comfortable fullness where I feel satisfied. So not going below and feeling really, really starving where I'm getting hangry or lightheaded and not going really, really above where I feel physically sick and uncomfortable. That's ideal. Now, if you do go outside of those windows, okay, first of all, that's fine. If you did it by mistake, let's try to learn from it and see what happened. Where did things go wrong? How can you change that for the next time? Every time you eat is an opportunity for learning. So, you know, being open and curious about what happened, but also there's no right or wrong here. If you go in, we just did Thanksgiving. We're doing a bunch of holidays. Like I'm doing Hanukkah. Maybe you're doing Christmas. I'm sure there's going to be lots of food. If you go in to the meal, and then you feel really, really, really full after a party, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you don't want that for yourself, then fine. But I think we have to just sort of like take away this pathologizing of you have to be within a comfortable fullness or hunger in order for things to be quote, right. So I would encourage you to almost like take out your markers and your stickers and create your own hunger fullness scale Draw it out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, if you don't want to be so artsy or reminiscent of higher level of care, like don't do it with the markers, but definitely in your mind. And and for me as a visual person, I think that this is extremely powerful for you to actually write it down if you're similar to me and organizing your mind. But just looking at it, there are going to be 10 numbers that you fill in and what are they going to symbolize? So let's go through an example of what it might look like. One is probably going to be pretty painfully hungry. So if you've ever ever had an experience fasting, like, who are we kidding? (laughs) Probably everybody who's listening to this has some sort of experience fasting, whether or not it was uh, disordered or religious or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Painfully hungry where you're physically almost feeling ill. Some people get nauseous or dizzy. It's a sick feeling. It's painfully hungry. And then we move up to something like two, which might be very, very, very hungry, you know, sort of like these gnawing feelings in your stomach. Maybe you're getting really moody. This is where like hangry comes in. You have a headache. You feel impatient to eat. Like you cannot wait on the line and Uber Eats is taking way too long. That would be a two. And again, remind you, This is just an example of what a hunger fullness scale could look like. Three, which is pretty hungry and you could eat and it's probably important to eat, like, you know, almost a little bit of urgency to it, but not quite like you can't wait. So your stomach might be growling. You might have a little bit of low energy. You're really, really interested in eating. 
And the food tastes really, really, really good when you eat. The four, which is, you know, right before the middle mark is that you're hungry and you're ready to eat and you're interested to eat. Maybe your stomach feels kind of empty, but it's not like a, oh my God, I have to eat right now. Like that urgency isn't quite there. There's an interest. There's a kind of empty feeling. Five is pretty neutral. So you're not hungry. You're not full. If presented with a situation to eat, it's not going to be like, you know, okay, fine, bad or good, but it's just like, I'm, I'm in the middle. This is not to be confused with not knowing. This is an actual neutrality. And I think that this is something where people get really mixed up in the beginning where they're not really able to tell, am I hungry? Am I full? And they just sort of say, I'm a five, which just for you to know, it's not necessarily that you're a five. It might just be that you haven't quite teased out some of these nuances just yet. Six is where you're getting there. So you're starting to feel some fullness, but you're not satisfied yet. You could still eat. It's sort of like that middle of the meal feel where you're good, but you're going to keep going. Seven, in my mind, is a comfortably full. So you're feeling pretty content, pretty satisfied. If dessert came out, you can probably eat it. You probably will eat it, but you're feeling good. Like end of meal, end of like normal lunch feeling where you've eaten enough, you'll feel good. There's no more growling in your stomach. There's just sort of like this almost relief that comes along with it. Eight is like a little bit more, maybe you were feeling comfortably full and then they brought out dessert and you're feeling a little too full. It's like slightly uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard to be able to tell like, oh, am I just sort of like extra full because I had a really voluminous meal, meaning like I had a kale salad and that's what feels uncomfortable or I had a coffee with my breakfast and that's what feels uncomfortable. This is where you're going to experiment with it, but it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little too full. Nine is like really, really full. So I'm uncomfortable. I'm feeling stuffed. I'm definitely feeling bloated. It's like pretty uncomfortable. And maybe it's sort of where things are turning from. I feel energized from my food to I'm sort of starting to feel tired from the food. And 10 is like pretty painful. I would say almost the way that hunger gets painful, where it's like physically ill, where you might feel sick or nauseous or just like physically ill, really, really, really uncomfortably full. So there's just an example of how I would break down the numbers. And that's how I would break down the numbers. Emphasis on that, not how you might break down the numbers. I want to encourage you to make your own hunger fullness scale so that it really speaks to you. And again, this is going to take some time because there's a lot of nuance involved. But here are some questions for you that you can think about in terms of breaking down what hunger and fullness feels like for you. There are different places where somebody feels hunger and it's possible that you feel them in all different places or you gravitate toward some specific parts. So these are all things to keep in mind. It's not just in your stomach. Stomach is a big one. That's the first one. You feel it in your stomach, you feel an emptiness or it's actually growling or it feels satisfied in your stomach. That's a big one. But some people feel it in their mouth. They feel their mouth watering or really parched or, you know, just different sensations in their mouth that sort of let them know, oh, I'm hungry. A really interesting one is in the mind. So very similar to if you scroll way back to, I don't even remember which episode it was, but when I did an episode on the starvation 
study, something that happened is that people became preoccupied with food when they were starving. And that's a really big part of hunger. If you notice when you're really, really interested in food, when the food magazines look really good, when you're looking up recipes and like all your tabs on the computer are all food, there's something about the interest of food that is highly correlated with hunger. And then when you're full, suddenly cookbooks are not interesting to you and you're really not interested in reading the food magazines, you'll go for the design ones. So keeping in mind what your thought process is, if you're thinking about what am I going to order for lunch? Oh, that sounds good. No, that sounds good. That is an interest in food. So I would encourage you to think about the level of interest as it goes to obsession. And then as it comes back toward an almost disinterest in food and how that correlates with your hunger and where that is, because that is a really big one for almost everyone that I know. They feel hungry in their interest toward food. I'm thinking about food. The other one is more of a physical overall sort of energy level in your body. How do you feel? Are you feeling really low energy or are you feeling energized? That can be very connected with level of hunger and level of fullness. So again, encourage you to think, Where do you fall? Do you get physically tired? And is that part of your hungerfulness scale? Those are just some ideas about where you can feel hunger and starting to think about things for you specifically again, because you are going to make your own hungerfulness scale that you are going to get in touch with. Now, I understand that this is really difficult because something that we've been talking about on the podcast that's really, really difficult with most people with some sort of disordered eating or history of eating disorder is that you aren't in touch with your body. And bringing your awareness completely to your hungerfulness scale, especially to this extent where all this nuance, hungerfulness from one to 10, really breaking it down is something that's really, really difficult. It's this very somatic, intuitive experience that, I mean, we've said this over and over, the last place that a lot of people want to be is in their body. So I think we have to give a little bit of space to understand that there's a reason why this isn't a thing that's natural for you anymore. And that it's going to take a lot of time and that's okay. That's expected. If it feels like alien, maybe we can unpack about, you know, unpack why that is. What feels so difficult about being in touch with your body? What feels so threatening about really, really looking inward and seeing what's going on? And perhaps how does this happen in other places? How is it difficult for you to tap into your intuition, whether it's your physical sensations of hunger and fullness, or just in general, your intuition, your decision-making, your opinions being assertive? I mean, this expands to the entire way that you interact with yourself and your trust of yourself. So while this conversation is primarily about hunger fullness, I do want to encourage you, especially because you know me, I can't ever stay in just the hunger fullness, just the surface level, encourage you to think about how in touch with yourself are you? How is this a manifestation of that? And really getting curious about all of that. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means 
so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.